Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, May 7th, 2019. Today we're reading from the big book, Chapter 2, and we're on page 24, the fourth paragraph. Today's readers are, for the 12th step, Jackie M., 12 Traditions, Pat M.S., and reading the text are Jason K., Amy G., and Allison L. The reference numbers for Monday, May 6th, are 7 a.m., 12864, that's 12,864, and for 10 a.m., 12,866, that's 12866. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jackie M. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Jackie M. from upstate New York. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Jackie. I will now ask Pat M.S. to read the 12 Traditions. Okay. Good morning, family. My name is Pat M.S. from Alabasta, Alabama. Number one, our common welfare should come first. 
personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry the message. Excuse me, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, Every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards of com or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relation policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media uh, communications. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Thank you, Pat. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 24, the fourth paragraph, and we're reading that one paragraph only. Um, comments on that one paragraph, and I will now ask Jason Kay to begin reading. Good morning, Jason Kay, Recovery Compulsive Eater and Bulimic outside of Philadelphia. When this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcohol tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid, and unless locked up, may die or go permanently insane. These stark and ugly facts have been confirmed by legions of alcoholics throughout history, but for the grace of God, there would have been thousands more convincing demonstrations. So many want to stop, but cannot. Uh, and for me, I look at this uh, from, from two different perspectives. One, you know, looking at... Uh, you know, with a year and a half, uh, a little more than a year and a half of abstinence, I'm asking myself, is this uh, true today? Do I live my life as if I'm beyond human aid? Do I turn to God, um, you know, day in and day out um, th 
throughout the day um, as I'm in need of, I'm looking for selfishness, dishonesty, fear, and resentment coming up. Am, am I believing that this is true for myself or do I believe, you know, after a year and a half, I'm just a little bit less of a compulsive eater today? Um, this part of the book is really about our first step. And for me, that's the bedrock, the foundation of, of everything we do here is this understanding deep, deep in my guts and in my bones that I'm beyond human aid, that I can't stop on my own unaided willpower, that my willpower is strangely damaged and insufficient, and that I have this distinct lack of proportion and um, um, rational thinking when it comes to my alcoholic foods and to my junk foods and my binging behaviors. Because if you're like me, I'd make a decision uh, really from my heart that I wanted to stop, that I needed to stop. And then shortly after some trivial reason, I'd almost even forget, hey, wasn't I supposed to be stopping eating today? And there I am going through a drive through going to the bakery, um, eating, binging in my car, you know, just so out of my mind in the food. Um, so if you're new here, what we want you to do is lay this up against your experience. Can you stop if you want to, if you're trying to stop and you cannot stop? Um, you know, this book is telling you your problem is that you're beyond human aid, your willpower, your mind um, isn't working. And that was true for me. So what did I do? I turned to, towards the solution. So to me, this is about uh, if you're feeling hopeless, if you're looking at your life and you're saying, I can't stop, um, you know, it's saying you may die or go permanently insane. If you're like me, you'll probably feel a little bit insane every day as you're telling yourself you want to stop and you keep doing it. Um, so again, identify. If you can identify with this, um, there's some good news coming up. Uh, the preview is there is a solution, but that's just the teaser. We'll get in, more into that tomorrow. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Jason. Okay, so if you haven't shared in the last couple of days, if you could please um, take this opportunity by giving me your name and the first initial of your last name. Tina S. Tina S. Beth W. Beth W. Melissa C. Melissa C. Nancy P. I, Nancy P. And there's someone trying to speak, but we can't hear you. Irene B. Irene P. Tanya C. I'm sorry, sorry. could you say that Ta again, please? Tanya C. Tanya C. Okay, and Irene, what was your initial? Okay, that's okay. Okay, so that's a good lineup. Let's go with that. Um, Tina S, Beth W, Melissa C, Nancy P, Irene, and Tanya C. Tina S, go ahead. Thanks so much, Katie, for your service. Tina S, Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Wow, what a great paragraph. It's so interesting. You know, I've read this book many, many times, read this paragraph many, many times. And, and today, you know, when it was being read, it just really hit me. You know, I'd love to share. Great share. You know, uh, it says, when this sort of thinking is fully established, you know, when I think that, you know, I, I am doomed, you know, am I able to commit to being beyond human aid? You know, and, and I was. Finally, I was beaten to a state of reasonableness. And, you know, what really hit me, though, was he has probably placed himself beyond human aid and unless locked up, may die or go permanently insane. You know, so I can remember uh, when I first came to, uh, 
to Overeaters Anonymous. No, that's a lie. When I came in the, right before the last time, you know, I was, I resigned myself to the fact that I was insane. I said, put me away. You know, I went to the hospitals. You know, when I got in there, I really realized that I wasn't, I did not have that, that type of mental condition, you know, so I was willing to do something different, to get something different, and to follow some direction. Because as long as I thought that me or somebody in my um, surroundings could fix me, I was doomed. You know, I had to start really following the directions that were presented in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and really reading the steps. You know, if I was powerless and my life was unmanageable by me, then I needed new management. And that I love that it was talked about then there is a solution. And that starts with step two, you know, believing that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. I always believed he could restore you, but I thought that I was different somehow, some way, and that when I could finally identify and know that I was on the same page as you all, you know, and that I could have the same solution that you do if I follow the directions that you do. If I do the deal, I get the deal. And a great paragraph. Cannot wait to, to hear what everyone else has to share. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Tina S. Okay, Beth W., it's your turn, followed by Melissa C. Hi, thanks for calling on me. This is Beth W. from North Dakota, um, recovered today by God's grace and mercy. And those are the words in this paragraph that um, stuck out to me. It's by the grace of God. There would have been thousands more convincing demonstrations. And that was just in my own life. I didn't even have to look outside my doorway um, to find the thousands more demonstrations. And, and, um, and I was, I was, shown the promises of the 10 step yesterday just even yesterday um as a recovered woman that um that um when tempted we recoil like a hot flame and and i was having a lousy day and i found myself in a coffee shop with a beautiful um array of bakery and um and contemplating oh there's there's an idea and but for the grace of god you know i recoiled like a hot flame and and i i left that coffee shop and um, with just a cup of coffee, which is, you know, uh, the appropriate decision for me. And, um, but, but before that, there were thousands of demonstrations of, of my powerlessness. And um, I was absolutely beyond human aid. I had no solution um, before this program that showed me that there is a solution so much bigger than me. Um, if I was willing to just stop the fight and put down my weapons and surrender um, to the God of my understanding. Um, so thank you um, for um, being here for me and so many others. And I'll pass. Thank you, Beth. Okay, Melissa C., it's your turn, followed by Nancy P. Hi, good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service this morning. Melissa C. recovered compulsive overeater in New York. and. And I'm thinking like when that sort of thinking is firmly established, um, it's like I can't change that sort of thinking on my own and I need something greater than myself. And this is really speaking to, um, when I'm reading it, I, I hear it as speaking to someone who's, who's, un, who's first maybe getting exposed that there's a solution. And so you know, they're living in the midst of the problem. And the only voice that they hear, the only thinking that's firmly established is theirs. And, you know, we're telling them, or this is telling them 
you got to, you got to invite God in. You got to have like, you know, something greater than yourself. It can't be human aid. And yet I I know what I was like then. Um, I couldn't imagine a a God yet. I was so alone um, in the isolation and the disease of my food. Um, And that until, you know, we're struck with God consciousness, we kind of do need, I mean, I'm, you know, there is some human assistance here that, that is, I needed it. It was required so that I could get God in there. You know, I was not able to do that independently. And, you know, in the very beginning, um, I, think it's, I think it's cruel to leave people hanging out there. And, and maybe I heard that in my own diseased mind, like you're out there all alone until you can find God. And, you know, what, what this um, paragraph had did, done for me was it destroyed my binges because I, I heard all of my lies being like spelled out on paper and they weren't those secret lies in my brain anymore. They were right there. And so I couldn't eat and, and tell myself those things without knowing that I was delusional, you know, and, and then what did I need until I got, and, and, you know, a higher power was I needed you. I needed to hear all of you. I needed a lot of support until I could get to God. And, um, you know, and thankfully today, um, when I still get off course, um, I have, I do have people that bring me right back to the, to the power that I can tap into. And um, so I think it's really powerful that although we don't rely, we're beyond human aid, that there still is some room for human support. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Nancy P., you're up, followed by Irene. Hi, thanks for letting me share. Yeah, I, um, I agree with Melissa. I um, when I was really, really desperate, really desperate, um, then I was open to the idea that I wasn't that that I was going to need some some other help. And but I also needed like a um, supplemental help to to you know while I built my infrastructure to get to my um, to believing in God. I needed human help. And the only thing that I did on my own that was other than like, you know, burst into tears and tell my friend that I just didn't know what to do and that my life was horrible um, was when I was told to make a list of the foods that were alcoholic. I was completely honest about that. I think if I hadn't done that, I would have fallen off the wagon or fall, you know, like I wouldn't have succeeded. I wouldn't have recovered. And, um, you know, I was that honesty allowed me to read carefully and listen care even more carefully this book because I too like I got this book my book is dated June twenty third, nineteen seventy nine. That's when I got this book. And um um, you know, I have read it many, many times and never you know, when I came into vision I was reading it as though for the first time. It was as though I'd never seen it before. And I, this whole thing about, but for the grace of God, there would have been thousands more convincing demonstrations. And that's for me, like I was definitely, the elevator only goes down. It doesn't ever go up. Um, I was, I decided to get off finally in this endless trip down. I decided to get off at a certain point in time 
and um, that was that I had to cling to that. And I remember when I was, you know, approaching the fourth step, you know, like confessing this horrible secret to my sponsor that I didn't think it was going to work for me. And she said, why not? I said, because I'm not sure I believe in God. And she said, oh, well, you haven't had a spiritual awakening yet, so you don't need to worry about that. And I said, okay, to myself, she's the crazy one. But, you know, I did, in fact, um, come to believe. And, um, and now I can look back and say, yes, I was carried. I was shown, you know, the way. And But prior to that, even that little confession, I just didn't even know if I was going to make it through. I just didn't even know. And so she carried me until I could walk on my own and with that. And, um, and I'll, you know, that itself, I'll never, ever, ever forget it or, or, you know, and I try to pass it along. That's what, that's why it's so important to work with others. So I, um, you know, I've had sponsors, sponsees, one woman, you know, I'm never going to get it. And I said, why are you so special? You're not special. Everybody else that follows these directions precisely gets it. And, you know, I still believe that that's true. And that's what I did. I followed the directions precisely. And, um, you know, I was just talking to someone on the phone this Time. morning. That be- Thank you. I'll wrap up. When, before I went through the steps, you know, what I was willing to do was eat and be thin. And today I'm willing not to do those things. So um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Nancy. Okay, Irene, it's your turn, followed by Tanya C. Good morning. This is Irene B. Very gratefully abstinent, recovering bulimic. I've been in, I was a compulsive overeater since age six and at age 17 I became bulimic I discovered bulimia I thought I had discovered America I I was just wow this is great and within a handful of days I recognized that oh this is um this is no good I I have to be able to live a life I, I need to be able to stop and within a handful of days, I discovered that I couldn't stop. And then at age 28, I went to my first inpatient treatment center. And the first day there, I did not binge and purge. And I was just overwhelmed with gratitude. And I thought I was just so full of hope because I thought there was absolutely no way that I could go a day without binging and purging. And so I told the director of the treatment center, oh, I'm cured. She said, oh, no, 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 no. It's a long, it's been a long, long story, but um, three inpatient centers, three outpatient centers, 30 plus odd therapists, and no one thought to send me to OA. And by the grace of God and a massive amount of of circumstances, an AA person sent me to OA because I knew the steps were a solution for alcoholics. But at the treatment center, they told me that OA's philosophy and their philosophy didn't match, so they didn't recommend it. So I thought OA was, no, no, I can't do that. Because they told me that 
you know, they had an eating disorder support group, and that's where I was supposed to go. Unfortunately, the thing folded within nine months. So I am here today to testify to the strength of this program that after 56 years of a horrible eating disorder that wouldn't let go of me, that I was led by the grace of God, a loving hand, into the realms of OA. And then there, somebody introduced me to a vision for you. And since then, I'm never alone. And and I have come to understand how the big book applies to me. Because every bit of it, the most insane, the most outrageous story applies to me. I can relate to it. That's how bad it is. And I thought I was the hopeless case. But I'm here to say that. Time, please. Thank you so much. With that, I'll pass. Okay. Thank you so much, Irene. And now we have Tanya C. And then we'll open it up for more. Tanya C, star one to unmute. Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Okay, hi. Um, my name is Tanya C. I am a compulsive overeater. That is the second time I'm able to say that because even though I'm pretty new and I've visited a couple OA meetings, I wasn't even able to say those words. Um, and since I started, I've been in a roller coaster of trying to figure out where I belong and why am I really here and why, but I knew I belonged. Like part of me was like fighting it and I still didn't understand why. And in the last two weeks, I've had extra stress at work, um, which of course starts that whole concept of needing to eat certain things that I know are not good for me and I, and, and I start um, looking for excuses and reasons, and those excuses and reasons weren't good enough anymore because I am just, I was starting to understand that they, they were excuses. Um, I didn't go to any meetings last week or listen in, and when I said my name before, I thought I was introducing myself. But then I listened to, the, to what was read today, and I realized I need to say something, and I want to first thank everybody that has shared Thank you for having something like this available to everyone, to the world, um, because that's where I'm at. I mean, I'm finally realizing I do have a problem, and I'm finally realizing that even though I've heard in the last couple of meetings that I have gone to, that this is something beyond something that I can fix. This weekend and yesterday, I even missed work because of all this emotional roller coaster. That um, I was trying to fix it myself again. And even though I have a relationship with God or I thought I had this great relationship with God, I wasn't really turning to him for the help that I truly needed. Um, And I'm still struggling even with that, how to find his help within all this. Um, um, And I understand that um, I need to get a sponsor. And I know that I have to start reading the book. It has to be, it has to take a lot of initiative from me 
to start making those changes and looking for God's help and allowing him to help me. Um, and I thank you for this opportunity to share, even though I wasn't expecting it to, but I think that opening my mouth is really starting to help. And I pass. Thank you, Tanya, so much. Welcome. Okay, so if you've just joined us, we are on the bottom of page 24. When this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual, we read that one paragraph. And so if you haven't shared in the last few days, if you would like to share, please press star one and give me your first name and last initial. This is Charles H. Charles Jen H. H. R. Jen Anne Marie. Anne Marie. M. Char, I'm sorry, what was it, R? Sean. 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 Sean R. Okay. Gina F. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Someone F? Gina. Gina F. Okay. Yes. I can take one or two more. Leah M. Leah M. Okay, let's go with that. Okay, Charles H., Jen C., I believe, Sean R. Okay, Jody, is that Jody EQ? Yes, Uh uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Okay, I got you. Was there another one? Okay. So, Charles H., Jen C., Sean R., Anne-Marie M., Gina F., Leah M., and Jody EQ. And if everyone could please star one to mute yourselves unless you're Charles H. Thank you very much, my sister. I mean, if there's somebody with a burning desire, I, I have learned to listen and listen to learn. But, um, yeah, so what, what sort of thinking, um, the thinking of a, of, a, of a self-centered person, what sort of thinking, the thinking of an egotistic person? You know, uh, there's a solution teaches me that my mind tells my hands what to put in my mouth, what goes down my throat. This is, this, my sister, my sister always says, wash, rinse, and repeat. This is, this is something that is, uh, it's deadly. You know, right now, um, it's Ramadan, right? And I got a, I got a sponsee in another fellowship that's like, you know, oh yeah, I'm not gonna, I, I, you know, I, I'm not gonna use for 30 days. And I, and, 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 and I ministered to him and said, you won't use by Friday. You have no defense against the first one. I don't want to jump the, jump the gun, but that's coming up in the days in, in, on page 24. You have no defense. You put everything before um, your sobriety, and you shall lose everything. I think it says that on page 355. If I put something before God and AA, I'm going to lose it all. You know, so that's the sort of thinking. I got this. I can beat this. And, you know, I want to I – wanna, I want to weigh in on the next Monday um, mentality. In the twinkle of an eye, yes, it can happen next Monday. What you going to do next Tuesday? You get what I'm saying? This is one day at a time. Um, this, is a, this is a conclusion of the mind that I'm, I, I can't do this alone. That's the biggest stumbling block in 12-step program. Man, I can fix this. My life is not a man's world. It's very humbling to admit that. But once a person admits that, I'm here to testify that if you, if I admit defeat, complete defeat, you know, I said this at the birthday party two years ago, and that's coming up on page 28. I don't care if some, if I'm drowning, 
and then come up with a pink, uh, pink, uh, a pink, what you call them, floats to, to save you, I'm taking it. I don't care if it's not a Nike float. I don't care if it's a reject float. Reject. They make your feet look fine. Reject. They're only $1.99. I don't care. As long as they get me back to shore one day at a time. That's the sort of thinking, the crazy, delusional thinking. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie. Thank you, Charles. Okay, now we have Jen, followed by Sean. Jen, star one to unmute. I am now unmuted. Thanks, Katie. Sorry about that. This is Jen A. (laughs) Okay, great. I knew I had one. Okay. It's okay. It's just technology. So um, I'm Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. And um, my thinking, my thinking, thinking, thinking. My dad used to say to me as as a kid, he goes, because I would just, I would make silly, silly mistakes. Um, and he would say, is your thinker broken? And I remember that growing up as a kid. That's, that's you know, the condition that I lived in. And I, and I just thought that for the rest of my life. But, you know, what was really interesting was um, my family has this nickname for me, and it's Pooh Bear. And if you think about that little um, bear, he's really, really cute. Um, his little uh, T-shirt wouldn't go over his belly. That was me. There's pictures of me with my belly sticking out. And um, for me, I was just like that silly old bear, right? As soon as I would not know what to do or, um, you know, get frustrated or whatever it was, I'd find myself sticking my hand in that sweet honey pot to find ease and comfort. And, um, you know, it was a sticky, sticky situation being in the food, but it always brought me ease and comfort until I walked into these rooms. Um, how many decades later? I'm so grateful for this $11 um, book that I now carry with me wherever I go. And the cool part today is that we're reading on page 24 and 25, and we go from on page 24, which is powerlessness, to we're going to read tomorrow a solution. How cool is that? Like side by side, page by page, um, you know, from the powerlessness to the solution. And I know that, um, you know, when I was done thinking and I came in here and people told me, oh, guess what? Um, Maybe you should stop using your brain to figure things out. But then I was also reassured that my brain wasn't broken. It was that I had um, this disease, right? Allergy of the body and twist of the mind. And you all explained that to me um, when we walked through these chapters. Um, But I also know that as a result of doing these 12 steps and an inward and outward transformation, that's the grace of God. It's nothing that I did. I didn't go out and do more of something, less of something. I took action. I did the work. Most of all, I followed the directions of the person guiding me. I didn't balk. I didn't argue. When I was told to do something, I did it. Why? Because I thought, well, if my brain is broken and my thinker is not thinking right, then what's my only choice to be is to just sit down, read this book, and listen to the person that's guiding me. And, you know, my mind makes messes, but I put down my best thinking. I followed these directions. The spiritual awakening is amazing. The spiritual way of life is beautiful. So keep reading. From powerlessness to there's a solution tomorrow. Stick around. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Jen. Sean R., it's your turn, followed by Anne-Marie M. Good morning, all. Thank you for your service. Um, this is Sean. I am, um, let's see, I, 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 becoming, when I came to Vision a month ago, I, I've been 
battling with trying to do the steps in another 12-step program dealing with food. And I was in that program for 12, 10 years, and I kept begging to do the steps, and they kept saying, wait, 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 what's the rush? Why do you rush? Just do the tools. And and I just thought it was insane. I thought there was something wrong with me that I, I couldn't get abstinent. I couldn't stay abstinent. I kept white-knuckling it. And then I came to this program a, a month ago, and I started wor- working the steps with a sponsor, and I, I'm abstinent for like seven days now. And and um, it's it's truly a miracle. I, I, I now understand when I have these emotional upsets, all I have to do is call somebody and I can work the steps. And I understand what it means to have alcoholic tendencies. I, I just can't deal with my emotions. And now when I, I actually have a choice not to eat, I don't have to eat because I don't, food is no longer my solution. These steps are my solution. And I am no longer insane. And I no longer have to, um, well, my family and friends still don't understand my addiction, but I actually understand what's going on because before I couldn't. I couldn't explain what I was doing, why I was doing it. And, um, and I was so desperately wanted to stop, but I couldn't. And I kept working these tools over and over again, and I couldn't, you know, I, I just, they kept saying, well, why are you so dishonest? Why are you lying? And I don't know. I couldn't. Now that I've I've handed over my character defects to God, I just everything's changed for me. It's such a spiritual awakening. I'm, I'm so I'm um, I'm so grateful. I am so grateful that I have this gift, and uh, and um, I'm surely not going to squander it. With that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sean and Marie. You're up, followed by Gina F. Good morning. Thank you. This is Anne-Marie M. Gratefully abstinent through God's grace, as it says here on page 25, but for the grace of God, um, it is God's grace. I am very, very grateful. I've heard so many good things. You know, that first uh, sentence, when when this sort of thinking, um, and I, I believe they're referring to the previous paragraph when uh, that sick thinking that I so identify with, oh, what's the use? Well, um, I'll stop with the sixth one. <laughs> um, you know, for God's sakes, how did I ever get started again? All those kind of things I can, I can identify with. And to this morning, it was really very, very good to hear a recovered person say that, um, you know, they recoiled from it like a hot flame. And you know, I was talking with someone yesterday or the day before about me thinking that, um, you know, I should never have that thought of wanting to compulsively eat. And I hear on A Vision for You all these recovered people saying that that thought never enters their head. And what's the matter with me when that thought enters my head? And she explained to me that that thought will enter people's heads. Um, just because they're recovered, that thought doesn't enter a head. But they that 10-step promise, they recoil from it like a, like a hot flame has come true for them and so it's just really good for me to hear uh, the humanness of people and that I've heard on this line this morning and I'm so grateful for that uh, that um, you know that thought could happen that you know oh what's the use anyhow that sort of thinking might pop into my head yet a power greater than myself if 
and when I turn to that higher power, power will help me recoil from it from a hot flame. Um, you know, I also heard that, you know, I can't change this sort of thinking, but, you know, God can. And um, putting that knowledge into action is something that I've learned that needs to be done. Um, and I, you know, the first person that spoke, you know, said that, you know, he, you know, has he forgotten that he's beyond human aid? I have to remember, you know, um, that quite, I have to remember that I am, you know, um, beyond human aid and that I can't forget that. So I'm really grateful for all that I've heard this morning and, um, you know, that I'm up and I'm listening and um, just grateful for for um, being alive today where um, I know in the past some mornings I've woken up thinking, you know, oh, no, not another day. So thank you so much, and I will pass with that. Thank you, Anne-Marie. And Gina F., you're up, followed by Leah M. Good morning. This is Gina F., a compulsive overeater recovered in Connecticut just for today. Oh, boy. Um, when this sort of thinking, well, I feel that um, I've been slipping back into some old ways of thinking lately, which is, um, yeah, I work in a public school, and it's been really busy, and I kept kind of putting my spiritual work aside and thinking, oh, you know what, I'll really focus on that once the school year's over. And guess how that turned out for me? (laughs) Loss of serenity. And uh, disconnect from my higher power, which is my only defense from this illness, from this disease. So what did I have to do? I had to get reconnected. Because as it says here, I am beyond human aid. I am beyond human aid. And I, I wake up this morning and for the past several days with with hope and with uh, resting in the knowledge that my higher power is the solution, and my job is to take the action to be connected to that higher power, higher power, excuse me, uh, because I am beyond human aid. Um, you know, here in this program um, and in these rooms, get a sponsor, get a sponsor, get a sponsor. Well, guess what? My sponsor cannot save me from the first compulsive bite. My sponsor cannot provide protection from this disease. My sponsor can tell me what he or she did to recover, and it is my responsibility, my job, to take those actions. Um, my higher power is my defense. The steps are meant to lead me into a spiritual awakening so that I have access to that higher power, to clear out all the wreckage of my past so that I have access to that higher power who does provide my defense. Um, and as I've grown over the past two years, almost two years, in recovery, I've learned to rely less and less on human aid. Because when I do rely on human aid, I am disconnected from my higher power. Um, And yes, my fellows in recovery are wonderful guides. They can tell me what works for them and how they're connecting with their higher power. But when those people aren't available, I can fall into despondency and despair and fear um, because I'm relying on them and not on God. So my higher power, whom I choose to call God, has to be my direction and and the one that I go to in the end for 
anytime I'm disturbed, anytime that I'm in discomfort, um, lest the thinking come back and take hold of me again. So for today, I'm grateful to be um, connected. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much, Gina. And Leah M., you're up, followed by Jody E.Q. Thank you very much. When this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid. Um, You know, the big book teaches me that to get over drinking, to get over compulsive overeating is going to require a transformation of thought and attitude that the same person will eat again. Um, You know, (laughs) it became very clear that... uh, there were certain foods that created that phenomenon and craving in me. but um, And that was a bad problem. That was a bad problem. But it became very, very clear that I had a problem much worse than that. I had a problem with my mind. Um, because even if I had a bit of premeditation or precognition, um, it was taken over by the obsession of the mind. The obsession of the mind would override it. You know, it, I, I absolutely... Uh, could not see the truth about myself. I could not see the truth about my disability. You know, I have a a couple of daughters that have allergies uh, to fish or, uh, you know, Kiwi. (laughs) They don't have to go to Kiwi Anonymous to remember uh, the effects of ingesting certain substances. Unlike someone like me, um, where the obsession of the mind is so uh, great and so uh, baffling and cunning, you know, I'm not stupid. I'm not ignorant. I wasn't uninformed at a certain time uh, in in this process. How come uh, the obsession of the mind would uh, hijack me and take me back to those very foods uh, that were killing me? More than my compulsive overeating had to be arrested. My own philosophy, my own ideas, the beliefs I had, the attitudes had to be confronted and overhauled. I needed a new mind. I needed a spirit-guided mind. And the 12-step process allowed that to happen. What the steps did for someone like me is take the mental obsession and substitute for that mental obsession a spiritual awakening, a personality change that is sufficient to overcome this illness. Because the greatest obstacle was my thinking. I needed to be guided and dominated by uh, a higher power. God, a power greater than myself, had to deliver me from another power greater than myself, which was the obsession of the mind. And the 12-step process brought about that transforming experience for me. Um, And that was the necessity and the urgency of the steps, because the same person was going to eat again and again and again and again. And through this process, I've undergone a profound alteration in my reaction to life as a result of tapping into an unsuspected inner resource, whom I call God. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much. Thank you, Leah. Now we'll have Jody E.Q., Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. This is Jody E.Q., a uh, recovered anorexic, bulimic, and compulsive overeater. So, yes, this sort of thinking that I can handle it this time, this old threadbare idea, that's the sort of thinking that I have to be relieved of 
if I'm going to stay happily abstinent? And what kind of thinking is going to replace that? I'm going to be replaced, returned to sanity. And the sanity is I cannot handle myself like other people when it comes to certain foods, certain food behaviors, certain ingredients. I cannot handle myself like other people. And I have a mission here. As a recovered anorexic, bulimic, and compulsive overeater, I have an obligation to shout this good news from the rooftop and to do my best to help a still-suffering compulsive overeater. And if I will do that, if I will work these steps daily to the best of my ability and carry this message, I am granted with a grace. It's a divine spiritual phenomena that I don't want those foods anymore. I really don't want them. What I want instead is a message of depth and weight that I can carry to someone else and see that person recover. And then I have a real solution because I am, I am using my, my energies in a positive, very positive direction that's so satisfying, it really helps somebody else. And to see my own, my own life transform. So yes, this sort of thinking must be <clears throat> must be changed. And through these twelve steps, I can they can be changed by a higher power because I certainly couldn't do that myself. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jody. Okay, so we have time for two more people to share on the uh, last paragraph on page 24. Darian K. Darian K. One more. Raquel. I'm sorry, your name, please? Raquel E. Raquel E. Okay, go ahead, please, Darian. Hi, uh, this is Darian Kay um, from the Berkshires, um, Massachusetts. Recovered today. Uh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Um, so grateful to hear everybody and be connected today. Um, and I really think God speaks through people, and that's why I need to stay connected to all of you, because um, if I isolate, if I remain in my own head, which I've heard is a dangerous neighborhood, um, I will um, be thinking things that are not productive, that are, you know, in fact, destructive and sabotage uh, what I have been gratefully given today. Um, and, you know, I need this higher power even more today than I did 30-odd years ago when I first came into this program. Um, it starts with the food. It ends with the food. But there is so much, so much that... Um, I have learned and that I continue to learn as a result of these steps. And, um, you know, it's a program for living, as they say, really, a blueprint for living. And, um, you know, I, as of late, have had a lot of fear and have had to turn it over to my higher power and just really walk with him, send him, 
into the room before me when I'm uh, fearful. Um, give me a clear head. Just so many prayers of just crying out for um, that peace and um, sanity that I need. So just for today, I am so grateful to have this program in my life. And, uh, and I know that there is no other solution that I, I again, I, it started with the food. I know I'm a compulsive overeater on a daily basis. And as long as my food is um, in its place and my program is in its place and I'm working the steps, I have a chance at recovery and a peaceful, sane life. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you so much. And I believe it was Raquel E. that I heard. Yes. Okay, go ahead, please, Raquel. Raquel, we can't hear you. Star one, please. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. Instead of unmuting, I muted myself. Wow. I don't know what to say first, but this is so incredible. When this sort of thinking is fully established in an individual with alcoholic tendencies, he has probably placed himself beyond human aid and unless locked up, may die or go permanently insane. If I cannot believe this completely, I probably would be on certain occasions like, what? Maybe somebody who has a a, a um, um, space maker in in his life, in his in his heart, who decided that now for this trip he's going to take it out because it messes him up when he has to go through these electronic doors. I can't I can't be without this program, and I am not in a good place now, health wise. And yesterday, wonderful thing happened was a was a, 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 um, a circumcision of a a new great grandson. Oh, it was so beautiful! But I knew I couldn't stay there more than a certain amount of time because I can't handle more than that, either of the noise or of the food parade. And it was just enough. And as a result of that, two grandchildren who wanted to speak with me came and had lunch with me today at my house peacefully. Everything is going to fall in place. If I stick with you guys and if I stick with the program and if I'm willing to tattle on my head, so I'll tell you, you are all going to think I'm crazy, but this cab driver was taking me to a place and I found myself saying to him to stop a little bit before because there's a coffee shop there. And then my mind told me that I, I, I want to at least like uh, voyeurism, look at those peanuts. My big thing was always this this type of thing. After that, I would graduate into the uh, cheesecake. So I'm almost half now, ten and a half years. You know what? I tattled on my head to the cab driver, and I said, don't stop there. Just take me to where I told you you have to take me. And I explained to him a little bit, and he was fascinated. And he gave me his, uh, his uh, card, and he said, my mother-in-law is fu- suffering from this. Who knows? I'll call her. Maybe I'll find one good acorn on the floor of the of the woods who really wants and is willing to do what it takes to recover from this. If if God helps me one more day, only through his grace. Thank you so much, all of you, for being there. I pass. Thank you, Raquel. Perfect timing. We have come to the end of our meeting. Um Thank you to everyone who shared today, and thank you to everyone who helped to make this meeting possible. 
Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Tuesday, May 7th, is 12,870. That's 12870. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Amy G. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. I sure can. Hi, my name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Thank you, everyone, for an awesome meeting. Page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own health is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.